Outspoken. Bruce Gatos, KTAR News. A new era in afternoons. Outspoken. It's Bruce and Gatos, and we've got to get down to what in the world was happening at the Phoenix Open. Well, and hopefully we can get to the to the root of some of the things. Now we've had the Thunderbirds, who organized the event, have said that they're going to make some changes. Maybe mm. it got a little bit out of control this year. <laughs> huh. Well, how out of control did it get? Joining us right now, Scottsdale Police spokesperson Aaron Bolin. Uh, Aaron, thank you for joining us today. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. So I, I've got... I got questions. So first off, I saw the the report that you arrested three times more people than you did last year. My my question to you is, was that people behaving worse? Were there more police involved? Were you stricter on some things? Can you help us understand the numbers? Well, as far as that number goes, you know, there's other factors that could contribute to it. I think the the overwhelming factor we're seeing in a lot of sort of the uh, post-event sort of breakdowns and debriefs we're doing is that decreased footprint from the golf course being so Mm. sloppy and so muddy and just limiting the amount of places people could kind of go. It did seem to kind of condense populations in a lot of areas throughout the week. And so it could be something that where many more people were just that much closer together that there were more problems there. We typically have about the same amount of staffing per year, per day of the week that we know will be larger with the fan population coming in. And so that's really kind of seems to be the real sort of variable that keeps changing is the the weather related conditions out there. Fair enough. So you guys arrested, as Bruce said, uh, what was it? Uh, was it 54 people this year? And it was 18 last year. But couldn't that be also because the Super Bowl was in town and you guys in Scottsdale were helping out Glendale? I mean, couldn't it be that too? Yeah, it. you know, again, it, every year is a little bit different. And we know certain days of the week will be busier. Last year was seemingly busier with all the extra folks in town for the Super Bowl, as well as then the WM Phoenix Open. Uh, the number for arrests there also reflects, you know, both the, the the course activity, but then also the bird's nest activity elsewhere. And so I don't have a, an official breakdown yet of where those numbers lie, if they lie heavier in one of the venues or the other at the same event. But, uh, it, you know, it could be we, we were working really hard last year to keep everybody safe, and we did the same thing this year. And it, it is interesting that the numbers seem so much higher. Um, and, you know, we'll still be looking into to seeing exactly why that is. Aaron Bowen's joining us, Scottsdale Police a spokesperson. Okay, I'm just going to rip off the Band-Aid. Was this year at the, Phoenix, at the Phoenix Open, was it a total crap show, in your opinion? I mean, was this worse than other years? Can you look at it and say, oh, my goodness, our officers were, they were dealing with so overwhelmed. much. Overwhelmed. This, was this overwhelmingly worse this year? It didn't seem overwhelming as far as activity that our officers were encountering on a regular basis. Uh, there was a point in time where on Saturday, because of the conditions on the course, combined with the amount of people that were trying to arrive and leave the event at the same time, and with some of the concession lines being long, that things did get congested. That's something that we have plans and contingency plans for, and we put those into place to help alleviate that congestion there. And that was probably the the, the one thing we haven't quite seen is sort of that congestion on the east and southeast corner going toward the west, the side of the course so- there. And again, that was mostly what appeared to be from the cameras we were watching mostly appear to be because parts of the, the course were not travelable because of the muddy conditions and the conditions out there. So it's the weather. As far we, as- can, we can blame the weather that this made it unruly. It made people unable to walk around. They had to crowd around. Every- I mean, it sounds to me like How it is the, the weather's fault. Drunk? 
There's no one else to do. Yeah, well, you know, how about that, officer? Always... How did the weather make 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 the people more drunk? Can you answer that one? You always want to hold people, you know, accountable for their own actions you and decisions, think. right? Uh, but again, with we've had busier populations out there, I think, than the, oh. what was on the Saturday as far as numbers go. But it seems like because people were so concentrated in areas, it may have you know seemed like it was worse. And when you give people slick, muddy hills to slide down accidentally or on purpose, they obviously seem to take advantage of some of that <laughs> as well. Yeah, you guys probably had some fun watching oh, that. Gosh. Aaron Bolin is Scottsdale <laughs> Police spokesperson. So uh, I know that the um, um, the Thunderbirds are talking about some changes. I'm just curious. I assume that you guys sit down, you go over this. Can you talk about any suggestions you guys might have for next year? Uh, it's a little too early. I mean, we're only just in a couple of days past now, but I know that we constantly evaluate the conditions from both an environmental and event population perspective at that event. Uh, our security plannings for the event begin basically with a post-event sort of debrief with our stakeholders, which includes uh, WM, the Thunderbirds, and the PGA. And we all try to get together and evaluate the multiple factors in planning this process leading up to even next year. And we try to use historical data from what worked last year, what worked the year before, and, you know, looking some predictive modeling, too, of what we think the fans will be and what ticket sales might look like and what the Thunderbirds and PGA want to do to then make sure that we are in position for public safety, that we have enough officers out there, that we have enough cameras in the right locations, that we have enough help from our law enforcement partners here in the Valley, which include local law enforcement as well as uh, federal law encement out there to make sure that we're keeping people safe. And I think it's important to, to note that even as crazy as some of the things got, we really didn't see any more serious injuries than we have in the past. There were yeah. some slip and fall injuries. Um, there were some injuries from people being assaulted on some of the fights, but we have some fights, unfortunately, every year. And mm-hmm. so some of these things happen year to year, but uh, as, as, as crazy as it seems maybe from everything else, it was a it was a public safety success and the fact that there was no real serious injuries that were, that were human caused on human on human. We had one unfortunate incident on Friday where a young woman fell through uh, some of the scaffolding right. that was there, but that was not because she was attacked it was right. or, or harassed. It was a, it was an accident. Mm. Well, I, that, I think that meeting is going to be interesting this year. Maybe more interesting than the others. I have a feeling the PGA might have uh, something to say. Aaron, thank you for your time. We do appreciate it, and thanks for the work you guys did to keep people safe at the, uh, at the Open. You got it, guys. Thanks for the time. Outstanding. So, yeah. Uh, yeah I told you. What do you mean you told me? I told you. It wasn't that different. He's saying it wasn't that different. There were fights. There were fights the year before. He said he really didn't see anywhere any more serious injuries this year than he did before. It's the they weather. Had less people on Saturday, but they arrested more of them. But it was the weather that resulted in the large crowds only occupying a small like the portion pass anywhere of the that course. was paved yeah. Or, yeah. or dry, right? Yeah. So everybody can make the biggest deal out of this that it was total debauchery and it was worse than all the other years. Eh-eh. That's not well, what he said. I don't, know, I, I don't know if that's a good thing. If this is the is the way it is every that's year, great. I still don't think that's a good thing. I think it's fantastic. Really? Yes, I do. Oh, I think it's fantastic. Don't change a thing. We yeah. got all these videos circulating, and everybody's you know, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, the heat is on now, and and we're the you know we've got to change. Don't change anything. We just had a cop in Scottsdale basically tell us, listen, it wasn't that much year to year. I told you. 
I'd love to tell you I told you. I don't know if Scottsdale is going to agree that this is the Chamber of Commerce moment they enjoy going out around the world. So I think we did. I think we did okay. I think I think we did okay. I wouldn't change anything. This segment brought to you by Beatitudes Campus. It's outspoken with Bruce and Gatos. And coming up, parents covering up for their kids who are members of the Gilbert Goons, and one of those parents is a principal. At a school in the district, we're getting to the bottom of this. It's coming up next on KTAR. Outspoken with Bruce and Gatos. I got to tell you, Gatos, this the the Gilbert Goon story. I think I've referred to it like an onion. The more you peel it, like the more you want to cry. Uh, no doubt, it's unreal what we're learning about some of it. And you know this, um, um, your buddy. Uh, Rick Keener. Rick Keener. Son had to had to be sent to Europe because he got beat up by the Gilbert goons. And Rick said, You're, they're going to kill you. I'm sending you to live with your mom in Europe. So he filed suit and uh, uh, naming the Chandler School District in the lawsuit itself. Good. And in that lawsuit. Um, this is unbelievable, everybody. Listen up. This is un- <laughs> this is really incredible. In the lawsuit, we learned more about. um Really, some of the details um, from the actual texts and and pictures, the threats made towards him and his son, um, to the testimony. Testimony is wrong word. We're in court. What do you call it? The interview with police, the transcript of which was included in this notice of claim, i.e. a lawsuit. Right. So, so Rick Keener is suing the cops. He's suing school the, the district. school district. Yes. So the police went and interviewed uh, a young man, a teen, who's a, not a, a named thug. by name. A thug. Who was in one of the videos in which Rick Keener's son was assaulted. This kid is the one who says he turned the video over to police because it proved he didn't hit anybody. Because in the video, he's not actually assaulting anyone he's part of a group that's watching participating whatever you want to call it but he doesn't actually hit this young boy okay so fast forward Mm -hmm. the police go to interview him and his parents are present his stepmom is a principal at riggs elementary school about two blocks away from perry high school where all of these kids go the transcript of the conversation between the police investigating this crime and the parents is unreal. It's sickening. It, I will. It is. They are obviously trying to protect their son, which you should do. I think everybody would try and protect. They're not kid. cooperating. At least what I what I took from this mm. in reading the transcript, they are not cooperating with the investigators. For fear that their son would be targeted for, I'm going to use terms for being a snitch, because everyone knows the police are talking to him. And so even though he apparently knows exactly who was involved, played a part in it, he won't give them names and his parents are instructing him not to give names. Mm-hmm. And the parents are instructing their son not to cooperate with the investigation. The parents, who one of them, as a principal at the elementary school down the street, Gatos. Well, at at least she was. Yeah, I think it came down today. She's been put on leave. Yeah. Yeah, it's about time. It's about time. Anybody who has anything to do with the Gilbert Goons, 
Okay, kids, if, if parents, um, you know, how much did did they know? Is there a cover up? Is the reason that uh, this this kid didn't get taken out of his high school because mommy was, you know, the the principal, principal at the elementary down the street, down in the, the in the street. Same school district, right? In the same school, of course, that's what's happening. And so you have the Chandler Unified School District that put this out. And they said, uh, Dear Riggs Community, uh, Chandler Unified School District is committed to keeping our focus at Riggs Elementary on student engagement, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Principal Lander is currently on leave. After this has all come to light, yes, yeah. that her yeah. son is in, and it's her stepson, I will acknowledge that, right. um, is in some way, shape, or form was involved in at least one of the incidents there's video that proves it video that he provided to the police and so you you really got a question when you see the transcript of that apparently what happened was parents at Riggs Elementary said I don't know if that's the character of the person we want being principal of our school yeah yeah and I can understand why I have gotten so many texts oh really and emails from teachers who work at Chandler Unified. Okay, in the school district. Yeah. Got it. Can I, can I, I'll just no, I'll, please, I'll read one. Please. Um, uh, this is one teacher. I'm embarrassed for my school district. Do you know how many videos and training we need to do about bullies every single year? That they do that for the teachers and the staff all the time. Got it. Then to be faced with this lawsuit when nothing was done and you had a poor you know young man who needed to leave the country mm-hmm. because he was getting beaten up. I'm embarrassed for the district. That was um, that was kind of the I, probably a couple dozen emails came in, and so I've been kind of reading through these. Yeah. And you have teachers there, and you have people who work there that are embarrassed, and they're like, "This, this is not what we're about. Uh, this is not what we tolerate." And you know, you've got your first order of of anything is to make sure that kids aren't getting harmed. They're safe. And when you have the Chandler Unified School District turning a blind eye. And allowing it to happen, ignoring it, and now you've got this principle. Well, you're finding out maybe why they were, if not turning a blind eye, they certainly were slow walking it, sweeping it under the uh, under the rug. Right. Because That's- some of the kids involved yeah. are literally connected to officials in the school district. Right. And officials in the school district, oh, well, we don't want a problem. We don't want an issue. So we're just not going to do anything. I mean... Rick Keener, whose son now lives in Europe, he handed all this stuff off to the police, to the to the SRO at the Pictures, school. Tech, I mean, the threats that the the that his son was getting tried to get some of the parents of the goons' phone oh, numbers to try and say, "Hey, listen." One of them was a picture of the front of their house. Yeah, uh, what does that mean? With the threat attached, like right. we know where you live, and we're in front of your house, and here's the in here's front the, of your house, and here's the picture. Here's my selfie. I'm right. a goon, and I'm in front of your house, coming to beat it. And beat still, you they up. didn't do anything. Right? Yeah. And all this talk about oh, we can't bully, and this isn't even this isn't bullying. This goes past bullying. Oh, of course, this, this was is assault. Well, this was murder. Murder. If uh, you're uh, Preston Lord, I mean, they murdered right. the kid, and they enjoyed hitting other kids oh, with brass knuckles. Can I tell you what else came out of this interview with police with this family? So this is the principal, her husband, and her stepson. Mm-hmm. Her stepson is quoted by the investigators. And I'm going to paraphrase. Okay. I don't have it. I apologize. I was looking for it, and I lost it on my computer here a second ago. His quote is to the effect of, 
these fights have been going on at in and out and other places for a while. And now that one kid died, everyone's paying attention to it. I read the quote, too. I don't have it in front of me. That's that's pretty close, verbatim. right? Pretty close. Yeah, you're not skewing it one way or the other. That's the that's what I read. I don't have it in front like, of me. Like now that a that's, kid died, you guys are you guys. Oh, are, so now yeah. that a kid died, you're now yeah. you're looking at me, right? right? And that's which is pretty disgusting in and of itself. It it's certainly disgusting. doesn't read very well, to say the least. Uh-uh. Um. All right. Well, uh, you know what? We're still going to we're trying to get Rick Keener to come and join us. We're he's working gonna on join, that. He's yeah. going to join us this week okay? because he's the one that's put this six million dollar lawsuit out yeah. there to nail the schools for doing nothing and the cops. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to uh, have that conversation with him and I look forward to it and hearing more about it because uh, so much of this um, uh, evidence has come from him specifically uh, is where it's come from. Correct. Should Arizona families take in migrant families. It's an interesting thing. Apparently it's happening other places. We're going to talk about it. Outspoken with Bruce and Gatos. It's coming up next on KTAR. Outspoken with Bruce and Gatos. Bruce, I'm uh, thinking of moving some migrants into the Gatos household. Are you really? Well, it's happening all over the country, apparently. Okay. Maybe I'm missing out. Maybe I, I should open my doors. What would Jesus do? Probably take a migrant in. Probably. Uh, Becky Lynn, you want to take a migrant in? What are you thinking? Hmm. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, listen. Well, you. Before you make, it, make before you make any decisions. All right. Maybe we should listen to someone who did this. Somebody did it in Boston, and apparently yeah. she's not the only one. Because you know what? When when we allow everybody to pour over our border. And what we do is, like, we give them a cell phone. If you're in California, we give them free health care. And then we ship you somewhere. We put you on a bus. And we go to Chicago. You go to Boston. Right. We just send them places. Right. We just send them places. And now there are residents of these places, the destination, if you will, uh, for some of the migrants, they're being uh, they're being taken in into homes. Take a listen. Sounds right. A migrant family from Haiti is sharing their experience. They're searching for shelter in the Boston area and then recently found a host home in Brookline. And now they're looking for jobs. They say these last few weeks have been life changing. It's been an emotional few weeks for Wildande Joseph and her husband. First, sleeping on the floor at Logan Airport, <laughs> then in Children's Hospital with their two year old daughter who got very sick. She felt bad as any mother would. Now things are looking much brighter as they've been welcomed into Lisa Hillenbrand's Brookline apartment. She says her daughter is very happy. When she wakes up in the morning, she says, hi, Lisa, and everyone starts the day smiling. It's an apartment. It's not even a house. Wow. Okay, so we moved them in the apartment. How'd they get hooked up? I mean, did they just stumble across each other and say, you know, I, I come on to my house? Or? I, I, they, listen, there are better people than me out there, and they think they're looking to do good deeds. I think maybe a, this well, is something that I think they a lot do. of churches, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of churches uh, connect people yes. uh, who, who are, are willing to help. That's probably it. I would, that's what I would think. Okay, but... Because I wouldn't know where you'd go to find them. I wouldn't either. Listen, are you really... I, I mean, we talk about bringing migrants into our homes. Are, are you going to bring someone in you don't know to live in your house? I'm just going to be honest. It's quite a stretch. No. It is. I mean, you don't know who... I'm not saying they're bad people. You just don't know who they are. That's you fair. have no idea. I agree. What if you're raising a little... What if you're raising kids? Are you going to bring in perfect strangers? Most people would not. I don't think most people would. I mean, believe me, I, my heart hurts that they had to sleep on the floor at Logan Airport. 
I hate that. I've been to Logan Airport. It's horrible. You don't want to sleep on any floor no. at, of an airport. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I think it's awful that their two-year-old daughter got very sick and was in a children's hospital. Um, but if you're asking, like, you know, w- w- I think most people, I'm sorry, I think most people would be like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not bringing somebody that I don't know inside of my house. You know, there are other, there are other options, right? Or am I just a bad guy? I'm, I'm not, not saying you're it. bad because I think you're in the vast majority of people. Mm. But, but it does feel like we're kind of running out of options. I was going to say, I, and the other option is? How about you, you know? just, just to secure the border so these poor people don't have to come and sleep on an airport floor? What does it mean to you when you say secure the border? It, means, it means nothing. It means that we'll never do it and I just have to get over it. That's what that means. Well, no, but I, I, when I hear it, I always I, 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 would I hear slow people say all the time. Like, well, what down. does it mean? I, I would That's just, like when they say, we need to shut the border down to secure it. I go, no, our border's right. never been secure. Okay, I, never, ever I, in the history of this country. I'd go back to remain in Mexico. Uh, even even the president, President Biden's thinking about it behind closed doors, saying it's not a terrible an option. We just got to step on Mexico's neck and make them do it, which is tough. All right, here's more of the story. More of the story. It's a delight, and it's really fun having them. What I realized is there's so much prejudice against refugees, mostly because people don't know them. Lisa says she feels like she has her own personal chef, as Wildande loves cooking. Ah, oh, jeez. Okay, oh, well, hold on. Oh, Wait a minute, you're talking me into this now. What do you mean we're talking hold you on, into it? I, I get my own chef out That's, of the deal? This is awful. Haitian food? Is it good? I don't know Haitian food. Can I be honest? Yes. If you're staying in my house, you're cooking. That's a, that's a, like, just going to be a normal anyway. Are you paying rent? Yeah. No. Okay. I want. To, I mean, you know what? You're gonna you're gonna do something. You gotta like. That's the least that she can do, right? It's probably pretty good. It, it's probably great. It's probably pretty good. It just sounds like this woman is like, you know what? I got a cook out of the deal. I needed a chef. I got a chef out of the deal. Let's see if we can just bring somebody in. Somebody might be cleaning in this deal, too. Oh, gosh. In fact, her goal is to open up her own restaurant. The couple has their work permits, and they've been taking English classes. They're open to work anywhere to save money for their future. In the meantime, they're enjoying their time with Lisa, their new friend for life, and their daughter's new grandmother. They are hardworking. They want to learn. They want to be successful. And I feel great helping, and I get to understand the refugee crisis from the inside. Lisa says she's so impressed by the number of people she's met right here at Brookline Town Hall meetings who've been stepping up and hosting families. She's hopeful more will do the same in the coming days and weeks. So maybe it's coming from the Brookline Town Hall. Yeah, it sounds like it wasn't a church put it together at all. Um, Lisa's a better per- person. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. right? I, I admit it, you know. Uh, I think we just solved the immigration crisis. Let's more send Lisa's? It, send everybody to Boston. Yeah, well, or more people that, that have that. Yeah, I, you could make a similar argument. Could you make a similar argument for, uh, like, adopting a child? You know, you let someone in your house, you know, you know, you, this, this, this. I don't think so. Because I think it takes special people to adopt. Oh, I mean, believe me. You know, uh, that, that, you know. There's no doubt. That, that that takes a certain calling, if you will, a certain uh, uh, patience, I, I a certain a, willingness to open your home. I have a friend from church, and, and he and his wife have brought in uh, so many children over, over many years. They adopted two of them, mm-hmm. and uh, they continue to bring in, like, little babies. Oh, wow. And it's very sad when you have to... Give that child hand, hand back. back because you, you want, you, you know, you want that child to, if you can go back with mom and dad, I don't sure. know the reason. But you get very right. attached, I would imagine. You do get very attached, okay. but, you know, 
this is this this is a mom, dad, and a little girl. But this is Haitian not refugees. This is not sustainable. I mean, we don't have people that are going, uh, uh, you know, um, above and beyond. Maybe like uh, Lisa and saying, "Yes, come into my apartment." Um, it's just not. It's not happening. No. It's not happening. It's is it a nice It'd be story? Nice if there be more of them, is it a nice story? It's sure. a nice story. But I think you know what nine out of nine out of ten people would say I can't bring strangers into my home. How do you incentivize? I wonder if that would be something. Maybe you have to incentivize the leases of the world to take in migrant families. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. I don't hey, know. have you subscribed to our podcast? You could do so right this very second. It's called Outspoken with Bruce and Gatos. It's brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. Hey, on the other side, you guys ready? Could the most unpopular politician in the world <laughs> become president? Oh, and we're not talking about Trump or Biden. It's coming up next on KTAR. Outspoken with Bruce and Gatos. Hey, and a good afternoon to you. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Can I remind people they can text the show? Because we don't talk on our phones. We text, for goodness sakes. You can text us, 411-923. Anything going on in the world out there that you want to chime in on or, or something that we're talking about. If you'd like to add to the conversation wall for it, uh, I do ask you, because I do read a lot of these, mm. please spell your profanity correctly. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing. I I just can't take you seriously if you can't even spell the dirty words, right? Okay? <laughs> the curse words. Um, Gatos. Mm. 2024. November. Oh, there's an election, I'm led to believe. We'll see. Could the most unpopular politician in the world become president? And I ain't talking Biden or Trump. No, I ain't talking about uh, Kamala Harris. Actually has higher (laughs) unfavorable. I know it sounds like a double negative, but higher unfavorable than either Trump or Biden is Vice President Harris. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think that's I put it this way. For me, for me, that's the, you think you have two bad choices right now? She's a worse choice. It would appear, it would she's appear, a worse choice. And when you look at the head-to-head matchups, yeah. um, Trump beats her uh, uh, handily, yeah. where the Trump-Biden matchups, if you look at the averages, close. Trump's a little bit ahead, but but right. much more ahead against against Harris. Yeah, I mean, nobody likes this race. I mean, nobody. No, so is okay, so is it a chicken and egg argument? Follow me on this. Mm-hmm. Um, people only hate you when they find out what you're about. Here's why I say this: because I know there's going to be people out there that say that the reason that Kamala Harris is unpopular is either because she's a woman or she's black. Okay? That's BS. Her unfavorables have gone up twenty points since she was elected. When she was elected. She wasn't at this upside down, wildly unfavorable. Right. She has no idea. Three years have made her unfavorable with people. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, she hasn't led anything. They asked her to lead the lead. You know the solution. I'm not trying to make excuses for the vice president. Opens up shopping malls, right? I mean, what does the vice president do? I I was told that she was supposed to lead the border and try and at least slow people down or fix it or come up with something, and she hasn't done anything. So, so it, that's not me saying that, that, that Biden gave her that job. And you know what? Doug Ducey, a uh, couple of years ago, he was right. She has no interest in that. 
She has absolutely no interest in it. She's the worst person you can put to try and do something on the border. So I think a lot of people look at that and they say, well, she didn't lead on that. That's the one job that she was given. I don't expect her to fix it. I don't expect anybody to fix it. I don't think it's fixable. But there are some things you can do. There are some things she wasn't going to do anything that Biden didn't want her to do either. But still, she's done nothing. She Mm -hmm. hasn't looked at it. She hasn't she she hasn't done anything. But that comes from the top. I know. But if you put somebody in charge, you got to at least fake your way through it. Like go and see the thing. Okay, you know what I mean? So she hasn't done that. But she is uh, she's like every time it's the eye test, man. Every time you see Biden, he looks like he's 95 years old. Every time you see the, the, the vice president, she's giggling or laughing or talking about or talking down to people. And I yeah, don't understand. There, there's something to be said for being personable. And she doesn't come across very personable. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I think people can. I, I would turn around and say this. I don't think she knows what to say. Biden, years ago, you could dislike him on policy. He seemed like a pretty personable guy. There's no doubt. Right? He cursed. You know, he's like, oh, he, we he curse. Wore the sunglasses yeah. and a Corvette. Like he seemed like a personable guy. There's no question. Right? Yes. He's she lost. doesn't come across personable. No, and he's not personable either. Not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, I think Trump was always personable. He'll either he'll either love you or he'll attack you. It's like one of the two. He'll either rip your guts out or, he, you know, he'll I mean, I've seen I've seen Trump give a speech and somebody, you know, waves their hand and and says, I need a job. And he brings them up on stage and he goes, listen, I'll hire you at Trump Tower. Um, that's when he's not raping them, though. Right. I mean, he's got I think that's when he's not. OK, yes, we've got to keep that separate. It's different. I mean, it's important. to it, separate. It, the it two is, things. Yes, it's different. You know, but, make but sure. again, like Trump isn't a good guy. No, no. Um, but if you want to talk about like popularity, so what happens, what happens between now and November, you have literally, okay. So now you have a president and vice president who are unbelievably unpopular right. running against another guy who's unbelievably unpopular. Yeah. But he's how all- do we get to this point? I don't know how we got here, but the only way, like, I don't think Biden is going to make it to election day. And I'm not talking about dying or any of that stuff. I, uh, nobody, I don't think there is any possible way that he believes he'll he'll do the job. I think his wife is going to get to him. I think Obama is going to get to him. And the only they may reason, be the only people that could convince him to do something. They they got to believe it as well, right? It it it, it is. His wife is very say, protective of him. A lot of people say, first too, lady, she's very protective it's, of it's him. Too late to change. No, because, you get you get until the convention. Well, that's what a lot of people. You get until August. No, I don't know. I, you're gonna put you're gonna put Harris up there. You get See, crushed. that's the thing. What do you do with Harris? Uh, you 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 retire the whole thing. You go out as a team. Biden, I can't do it anymore. I'm too old. I'm forgetting all this stuff. You've seen me talk. Me and the VP, we're taking a we're we're gonna we're and gonna. She's like, wait, what? Because <laughs> she's not electable. Right, she's not electable. Well, well again, and this comes down to I. Th- it's really interesting because I hear you know the people on the left like to scream. Well, look at all the good things Biden's done, and I go, it's irrelevant. People are not voting on the good things. People are voting on their gut. They're voting on what they see with their eyes, what they hear. And what they see and hear with Biden is what we had the poll yesterday was 86 percent think he's too old to run for president. He was hosting. I don't know how you overcome that. He was hosting the King of Jordan and he was completely lost on stage. He didn't know where to stand. He didn't know what to say. It's bad. And I feel awful. That ain't going to get better, is it? It's like that. It's going to continue to get worse. Listen, if he wins the election. You think he's going to be cool at 86 in his last year? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Listen, you're not hearing an argument, are you? No. No. 
I don't think there's a there isn't a sane argument against it. Hey, the Thunderbirds, they're feeling a little bit of heat. Is the Phoenix Open about to change drastically? We're gonna dig into it. It's coming up next right here on KTAR.